Blog Talk Radio. Do it. 
God, we're grateful because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life, eternal life, God. We pray, oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, and give us a refilling, Lord, that when we leave here today, Lord, huh? we can leave with your anointing, Lord, huh? that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, huh? they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. Huh? In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Huh? We thank you because you are a healer. Huh? You're the God that healeth thee, huh? and healing is in your wings, huh? and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. Huh? You're able to save our troubled souls, huh? and in the name of Jesus, huh? bind every demon, Lord, huh? every demonic force, Lord. Huh? God, that comes to keep us uh, in the same place, Lord. Uh, we're willing, God, to surrender uh, and say yes to your will, Lord. Uh, we're willing to turn our lives, God, uh, over into your hands, Lord. Uh, because we come to the place, God, uh, where we realize like never before, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, more than anything we know, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, while men are trying to find, God, uh, solutions to this chaotic world, God, uh, we're looking to you. 
you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise. Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Amen. Amen. I love that Romans 8. I just love it. I just love it. And I thank God for it this morning. It's a blessing. It is a blessing. His word, all of his word is a blessing to us. The scripture said it's a light. It's a lamp. It shows us the way to God. It shows us the right way to go. The word of God is. Yeah. It's a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path. Yeah, if I stay with the word, I know which way to go, which way not to go. I know what to do and what not to do because of the word. And I'm telling you, that's why I'm alive today in the natural. I'm living in the natural because the word of God. Yeah, 
I died to my flesh and I can live spiritually because of the word of God today. Hallelujah. And uh, I thank him for all of this. And this morning I wanted to um, talk about being related to Jesus Christ. We're, we're joint heirs with him. And uh, I believe if you got a relative, even your cousins, y'all came from the same bloodline, there should be some resemblance. You know, you should at some point or another act like each other. Even if, if you came up in the same house and you're related, some way, somehow, the same thing should be done. So if we're related to Jesus, we should act like him. We should act like the father, you know, uh, do what he did, say what he has said, treat people the way he treats. Yeah, all of this should be. So when I look down at Romans chapter 8 and verse 16, it says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. 17 says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Yeah. Oh, I, I just like all of this. It's more than and I wanted to share this with you, and I have a few requests I want to get in. And then we have uh, Bishop uh, Carter Cologne coming. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. The wolf is at the door. Uh, I have him again this morning giving his testimony. And so I wanted to share that, and I wanted to hear it, and I want to hear it with you. This is my first time hearing it as well. So I want to share share that with us today and uh, we're moving right along in Jesus name but I, I just wanted to briefly go over Romans 8 and let us hear some things because faith cometh by hearing <clears throat> and hearing the word of God so sometimes you hear me go over things go over the same thing go over the same thing faith cometh by hearing hearing the word of God because some people they haven't gotten there yet it's taking them a little bit longer than others. See, everybody don't learn at the same pace or in the same way. Yeah, Some people learn by reading. Some people learn by uh, sound, audio. I'm, I'm one of those readers, audio, and discussion people. I learn that way. Yeah. Reading and discussion that, that that helped me to learn the quickest. So everybody don't learn at the same pace. Everybody don't learn in the same way. But if you keep bringing it, you keep bringing it, they're going to pick up on it. Anybody ever saw a commercial on TV and they said this, you know, I'm going to try that. I want to buy that and I am going to try that. Commercial come again, you say the same thing, but you never went to try it. Commercial come again, you say the same thing and you never tried it. On the 15th time you saw, or the 21st time that you saw that commercial, you said the day is the day. I'm finna order this. The day is the day. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm about to put this on the grocery list. But look how many times you had to see it and hear it. Faith cometh by hearing. <laughs> yeah. 
by hearing the word of God, but we hear other things too, and it will cause us to get faith. You hear somebody's testimony of a product, not, not just the word of God or what God has done in their life. You hear others say, well, yeah, you know, I tried that kind of popcorn and it was just great. So everybody going for the popcorn who, who love popcorn. And they want to try. Patty LaBelle come out with a pie. Excuse me. A sweet potato pie. And there's one guy, he gets on YouTube and he rides out about the Patty pie. And he's talking to Patty. He don't know her yet. He don't know her. He's talking to her as if he knew her and saying how good the pie was to him. And the pies just went, just went. Just everybody wanted a padded pie. Because that one guy got on YouTube and talked about it in depth. So if we talk about the word of God in depth, and we keep bringing it, we keep bringing it. Because we are people that we, we many times we don't put down a solid foundation. You know, we throw some dirt and we throw some cement and we sprinkle it down with water but we never get down with what they call a float i think it's called and smooth it out and cut the edges right to make sure it's solid before we want to go on up to the second floor we didn't even quite get the walls in on the first foundation and get windows and and, and everything before we're ready to go to the next floor so sometimes God has to slow us down and he keep bringing the same thing to us, the same thing to us. Somebody said, well, I got it. I got it. Someone else didn't get it. <laughs> Yet he gives everybody here daily what you need. If you can receive what you need, you get it here daily. But sometimes he just keep repeating. He keep bringing things like Romans 8. I didn't realize we had Roman 8 just a few days ago until I looked at it this morning. I was like, wow, God is bringing this back around. And when he brings things back around, I pray it don't find me in the same spot, but sometimes it does. And it's a refresher for me. I, okay, go back and look at it again, and then go back and look at it again. Because, see, i got to apply it in my everyday life. Whatever I'm doing every day just needs to be applied to it. I need to remember this some way, somewhere. Even if someone made me angry and I wanted to lash out or whatever, there is now therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. See, that's going to calm me right there and remind me that a soft answer turneth away wrath. Yeah, I know some people may not understand how this works, but he brought that for a reason today. He brought this scripture, these scriptures, I should say, for a reason today, August the 24th, 2022. When he brought it the other day, there was a purpose for that and a reason. He's very smart, the most intelligent spirit I've ever known. And I've known a lot of spirits, y'all. <laughs> All kind of stuff. But we can't outdo God. 
and he bring and give to us exactly what we need. Listen to that. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Did you ask Jesus to come into your heart and live? You believe he's in you and you're in him. But it went on to say, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Those of us that are living according to the spirit the best that we can, and we're not immediately jumping in our flesh. If you do something I disagree with, I don't instantly get mad with you and lash out. Because I'm remembering God. I'm remembering what's in me. And I want to please him. See, there, there are a lot of things we need to work on. But we, our eyes are in the world. We're not allowing our eyes to be in the word of God as much as needed. Because we're looking more at what's happening now, how I feel. See, you can touch this flesh. I can pinch it. And I feel that. So I'm walking more in feelings than I am in the spirit of God. And we got to get away from those feelings and work with the spirit. Ask God to allow our flesh to die so that his spirit can live in us and we'll begin to think more spiritual. God is a spirit. That's what the scripture says. It even goes as far to say, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Whatever we do, it's got to be real. I can't tell you I love you and then I hate you at the same time. I said I love you, but every time you turn around, I'm blessing you out. Every time you need something and you ask me about it, I have it, but I'm not giving it to you and you know it. That's not love. Love is what love does. Love hides a multitude of sin. Love, love will even hide faults. Yeah. In verse 2, it says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I no longer have to suffer uh, in my flesh because Jesus set me free. Whom the Son set free is free indeed. Now, the spirit of God made me free. The spirit of Jesus Christ made me free. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I no longer have to sin because the wages of sin is death. What you're going to be paid for sinning is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus who loves us. So what we got to do is remember these things as well. I'm no longer in bondage. I don't have to lie. I don't have to cheat to use people. I don't have to take more than I need. I don't have to just be a taker and never give back nowhere. I don't plant a seed. I may give tithes and offering and that's it. Anybody else needs something, I'm sorry. I done did my part. Yeah. See, when we walk in the spirit, the spirit of God will bring things to your remembrance. The spirit of God will refresh you in him. And things you, you didn't do at lunchtime, 
you're taking that time now to do stuff for God and stuff that will bless him, stuff that will honor him, and stuff that will grow you in him on your lunch break. See, you used to take lunch and just eat and look around and see who's talking about who. Or take your lunch break and run home and get your lunch and take a nap for a few minutes and run on back to work. But now, you're walking in the spirit. You get to see on my lunch break, I can eat and read my Bible. On my lunch break, I can go home and pray in private in my secret closet. And when I come stop praying, I can praise for a while. Get up. I still got time to eat lunch and get back to work on time. Walking in the spirit. You'll be more focused on the things of God. Now, you're not religious. Let's don't, let's don't get it twisted, as the world say. You're not religious. You're in a relationship with the Savior of the world, your Lord and Savior. You're in a relationship with the true Son of Almighty God, Jehovah, that have all power. So you're walking more in the spirit than in the flesh. Because if you let the, the, the spirit of God die in you, it goes away. It goes away. It goes. You're not as strong as you, you need to be. So because of this, it, it goes back to say this as well. Spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. See, because you, you're feeding more to flesh than you are to the spirit. You're giving what you can feel, what you can see, what you can touch, uh, tangible that you're giving more to that than you are to the spirit of God because we don't always see the spirit of God. But it's not in feeling, it's not in seeing, it's in knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt for yourself that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seeks him. See, it go right back. Look at it. The Spirit of God seeking it, 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 it. Our work is cut out for us daily. Verse 3 says, For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Look at this. God gave us laws. Remember them Ten Commandments? But it was weak because through our flesh, we, we, we couldn't keep it. Yeah, we was messing up around here. It says here, God sending his own son in the likeness of sin for flesh. See, the word, Jesus was the word in the beginning and God made him flesh. He came and he dwelt among me. If you look at John, I think it's John 15, if I'm not mistaken, it'll explain this to you. But look. In the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemn sin in the flesh. Jesus fixed it all. Jesus took care of all of everything. But again, we got to pray that this flesh die. Teach me how to let my flesh die so your spirit can live in me. And this way you can become obedient to the spirit of God. More and more. And see, the more you practice at this, the more you'll know. You'll know when God is moving. You'll have discernment. Not only that, but sometimes you'll see things way down the road. 
Anybody ever seen somebody who speed all the time? Maybe one of your neighbors. They speed all the time. When they back out the drive, you saw them going down. You was on one side of the highway. They was on the other. Oh, they gunning it. You can see just as clear eventually a ticket is coming. You can see just as clear that's dangerous and you might die. But when we walk in the spirit, we get to see in advance many days the things that can take place. Yeah. It says this in verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. See, the right way to do things, God set those laws in place so we would do what was right. I wouldn't covet my neighbor. I wouldn't be jealous of nobody. I wouldn't steal from nobody. I wouldn't disrespect my parents. I wouldn't lie. He set those laws in place so we could do what was right because man is a pitiful creature and he just can't do right. He comes from a sinful nature. So God loved us so he gave us something that we could do that we could stay with him and we could stay in right standards even with mankind. Even with man, I won't say mankind, I say man. Verse 4 again, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You can't do it in your flesh. You can't live right in your flesh. There's no good thing in your flesh. It's going to cause you to do some things. The flesh going to cause you to look with lust for eyes. And not just sexually, but uh, uh, greedily. Uh, uh, I want that. I, I won't wear nothing cheap. Everything I wear, it's got to be uh, of quality and it's got to be a brand. What a Walmart shoe would do for the day would do just what any other shoe would do for the day, basically. Because most people that's into that kind of thing, they're doing that for namesake so that people think more of them than they ought. So that people think they got something when they don't. Because if you got something, you hold it on to it. When you don't have nothing, you're trying to get stuff so that people think that you, that's how poor people do it. People don't do all of that. They, 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 they don't impress. They don't have to. They really have it like that. Yeah. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. And we're going to be examples. Yeah. What God wants to be right in us, that's what we'll be doing. Who walk not after the flesh now, but after the spirit. You got to remember that part. Five says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Yeah, we looking for fleshly things, you know, uh, the house on the hill, what they got on, what kind of car they drive, how much money they make, and we we put more respect to people with that who got stuff. Evil hearts, but they got stuff. 
Yeah. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got to go to these songs. I just wanted to talk about it just a tad bit this morning and remind us of just a few things. So look, I'm going to this one. And uh, when I come back, we're going to come back uh, with Pastor uh, Colin testimony.
Yeah. Seven says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Look at this. It, 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 it transgresses. It, it go against God. It, it's not for God. The carnal mind, the flesh. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. It can never be. It, the flesh won't ever have you doing the things of God. Oh, many people go to church. Many people sing gospel songs. Many people talk about it. But there's a purpose of them and a reason why they do that. It's not because they're spiritually minded. And they're walking in the spirit daily. And they're remembering God daily and what pleases him. They're saying all of this stuff because it's going to get them something. But they want people to feel a certain way about them. Uh, it feels good to them to go to church. And people on the job know them for going to church and quoting scriptures. But if they get angry, they'll show out. And it won't be a godly. He said we could be angry but sin not. Not only will they get angry, they'll cuss you out. They'll fight you. Might shoot you. <laughs> Stab or cut you. Yeah. Eight says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, there it is right there. Now, I didn't say it. That is Romans chapter 8 and verse 8. That's not Barbara. That's what God inspired man to write. Romans chapter 8 and verse 8. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. People tell y'all, I love God. He's been so good to me. I know God. I'm going to pray for you. But you're doing all kind of stuff that's against God, that can't please him, and that he cannot accept because you're in your flesh. Because the carnal mind is immediately against God, but it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Your flesh will cause you to do the things of God. So then they are not in the they that are in the flesh cannot please God. It's impossible. Verse 9 says, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. You got to know he's dwelling in you now. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I think I'm related to Jesus because look how this sounds. <laughs> he is none of his. That sounds like a, 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 a southern term, a country term. Yeah, it don't sound like the proper English to me. He is none of his. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, and see, we think many times we go to the altar and say, I do to him, come into, Lord, forgive me for my sins, come into my heart and live forever. We think we got it and gone. But the, the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, which many call it, I call it the Holy Ghost, uh, it's a gift from God. Did he give you his gift of Holy Spirit? How do you know you have it? What are you doing daily to prove that you have the spirit of God living in you? See, you can you can receive it and be what we call converted. See, you converted from your old ways to the new way. You you had a change of mind. People change their mind all the time and lose weight. 
They change their mind and, and, and run a marathon. They change their mind and they walk where they had never walked before. You know, exercise or whatever. But do the Spirit of God lead and guide you daily? Do you allow him to be the God of your life? Ken says, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead. Watch out, Barbara, because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. The, the, the natural person is dead. You can't hurt me no more. It's easy for me to apologize to you. I used to couldn't just come and, and tell you I, I apologize. I'm sorry. And if I did it many times, I didn't really mean it. I did it because it just looked right to do that. And it made you think something. I don't know. Some people can't apologize. I used to be one of those. And and a lot of times I tell you, I owe you an apology, but I'll give it to you one day. I don't know if the day ever came. You hear me? And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is, is life because of righteousness. See, we're we allowing the spirit of God to lead us. We're going to do the right things now because we desire to do what's right. 11 says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. See, to quicken you, oops, I'm sorry, Sion, I, I said the wrong thing to you. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I did you wrong. Oh, Louis, I'm so sorry I said that. And you're going to mean it from your heart. Then you're going to God and ask God to forgive you. Twelve says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh. Listen to me. You don't owe the flesh nothing to live after the flesh. We, we, we don't have to live after the flesh. We're not, we're not those people anymore. For if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. We're getting on to it. We're getting on to it now. We're going out there and get to the real thing in a minute. 13 says, well, if you live after the flesh, you should die. I didn't say it. He inspired man to leave it for us. He inspired man to write it so we could read it, so we could understand it, so we could live it. But if you live after the flesh, you should die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Listen, through the spirit, you got to have a spirit. It'll mortify the deeds of the body, and you'll live. Now, that's the word. That's not Bible. 14 says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's a generic term, man or woman, right there now. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You know, I thought on this one day and I said, why didn't he say the people of God? He made Adam first. He made the word, his son, Jesus Christ, he made the word flesh. He entered them sons because Eve in the garden, she disobeyed. She heard what he said just like Adam heard it, but she chose to disobey God. Yeah, her flesh. 15 says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, 
Abba Father. Look, the spirit of adoption. <laughs> we belong to him. If we walk in, in the spirit, if we are obeying him, if we are walking after him, because he is a spirit. 16 says the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Oh, yeah. 17, now this is it right here. This is it. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, he goes to an instruction, that we may be also glorified together. Did you hear that part? What I'm talking about is related to Jesus, being related to Jesus Christ. In there, we ought to talk like him, act like him. There should be great signs that we belong to him. The love should flow. Yeah, the love of God should flow. Why? We, we got him living in us. He's in us. And we are in him. A lot of us, we looking for the deeper thing before we get the simple thing. He said the word was so simple, uh, even a child could understand it. It's so plain, even a child, could, even a fool could understand it. But we kind of get a deeper something instead of just being plain and simple and just, just sticking to the word and walking in the spirit of God. If you got his spirit living in you, he has blessed you with the gift. That's a gift. He gave that to you. And you are blessed. But you must rely on the spirit of God and not your flesh. Yeah. Hallelujah. I wanted to share that a little bit right there. <laughs> and I got to go to one more song of the morning. Now, this particular request is my request. I wanted to hear this and share this with you. This is Sister Spinner, Sister Tyrese, and Sister Spinner in there with her, but she told me I was in there fooling around. Me and her, we sang all the time, but on this song, I, uh, when she was doing the lead part, you know, I wasn't there. And then when it was my turn to come in to sing with her, then I came in, and after that, I went back out again. And I, I just love these sisters and the way they do it and the way they sing and the way they come together. Yeah. So I want to play this one. This one is called I Just Can't Give Up Now. And Mary Mary sang. Uh, uh, they, they were the first ones I heard with it. Tyrese come back and she did it. Yeah. So let's take a listen. There will be mountains that I will have to climb. And there will be battles that I will have to fight. But victory or defeat, it's up to me to decide. But how can I expect to win if I never try? I just can't give up now. 
Never said there wouldn't be trials. Never said I wouldn't fall. Never said that everything would go the way I wanted to go. But when my back is against the wall and I feel all hope is gone, I'll just lift my head up to the sky and say, help me to be strong. I've been asked to share my testimony tonight, and strangely enough, I, I haven't done that for years. I, I can't even recall. I think it was back about 17 years ago, the last time I actually, actually remember sharing my testimony <clears throat> in Times Square Church. And there's so much to say. I mean, I could keep you here all night just sharing the things that God has done, because it has been indeed a miraculous journey for me. Nothing less than miraculous. The Lord has taken me, and I often believe it's because he chooses the weak to confound the wise. He takes those things that are nothing to bring things that in their own strength think they are something to an understanding of how weak all people really are without God. And in Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit, we're given a strength that is not available to average people. I was sitting at the table tonight, and I say, Lord, what, what do I say? And my heart's cry was just, God, let, let me be a drink offering that you can pour out to yourself tonight. Because the testimony that any of us share from this podium or at any time is not about ourselves. For left to ourselves, all of us would be nothing. All we have is because of the mercy and the grace and the goodness of God. We would be reprobates without God. We would be drunks and fornicators. Some in this room would have committed suicide. Some of you would have lost your minds. Marriages would be broken. Children would be bruised. And the power of hell would be literally rampaging all over us. What we have is because of the goodness of God. It's not because we deserve it. And none of us do what we do because we have any characteristic within us that's different than anybody else. It's just simply God's choice. One time as a young pastor, I started to feel a little proud of myself. And in my prayer time, I was saying, Lord, why did you choose me to be a pastor? It was a young church, it was in the country, and it was marginally, I suppose, coming into some form of revival. And I thought God was going to say, you know, well, you know, I looked down and I just saw such... 
material to work with. I saw such a, a, a wonderful heart. You know what the Lord said to me? It's because I already had a doormat. The position was vacant, and I looked, and you just happened to be there. It's not because any of us are special. It's not because... And I stand here overwhelmed at what God has done. I was raised in a French-Canadian town in Quebec, Canada. My father is pure-blooded Irish. All the way back to the monkeys, as my mother-in-law used to say. (laughs) My father is pure-blooded Irish. And until he married my mother, who's French, the, the chain of Irish lineage was unbroken in our family. And he, I was raised in a, in, the, in a mining town. My father worked in a copper mine. It was just an average town of, uh, of a lot of people who went to church. I, I, I don't think I ever met a Christian, a Bible-believing person in my entire teenage years. I was ha- very happy as a child. And uh, I remember when I was young, I was raised in a, in a Catholic church. And I'm not here to beat on any church, so please don't take what I share wrongly if you happen to be Catholic here tonight. The Catholic church, at least there, I did get a knowledge that there was a God. I knew his name was Jesus. I didn't know about the cross. I didn't know anything personally through it. But at least I knew about some of the things of God there. And I, I do remember uh, in my childhood this inner knowledge that there was a God. And I would go out in the swing set. I had a swing set outside, and I would swing as a child. I'm probably three years old, four years old, and I would just talk to God. Now, we were taught to pray certain repetitious kind of prayers, but I knew that somehow I could just talk to God. And I could feel him talking to me. You know, quite often you think that the choice may not have even been ours. It was God's. And he was always there. How many here tonight can say that throughout the years, the early years of your life, you can remember the whispers of God? You didn't know what it was, but there seemed to be this whisper always coming to you about another life, another reason, another season, another purpose. I went to school, and in grade school years, I was a real troublemaker. I liked to cause trouble. I liked to put tacks on the floor. We had a particular teacher that spent all his time walking up and down the aisle as he taught. And I would, I would just be... A, to see how many tacks I could get stuck in his shoes before he found out what was happening. That kind of thing. I spent so much time outside the principal's office, it's a wonder that I ever got any kind of a diploma. The, the parent, my, my teachers once asked my parents if I was on drugs, and I was in grade school because I was so active. <laughs> there was a nun, though, in this school. And she told me one day, in grade six, she said, Carter... Jesus told me that he's going to greatly use his life, your life, for his glory. And I remember looking at her like, first of all, I don't really get who Jesus is. And number two, I thought this lady just lived on another planet. And she said, I don't care what people say. She said, the other nuns tell me I'm crazy to feel this way. But she said, I know what Jesus has told me. She said, if you had any idea what God was going to do through your life, And although at the time I couldn't comprehend it, I never forgot it. And when I did get saved, when I did give my life to Christ, she was the first person I called. At that time, she was in a senior's home in Montreal, Canada, and I called her and I said, do you remember me? I was the boy from grade 6, 7, and 8 that you kept telling that Jesus was going to use my life. I said, well, I've just given my life to Jesus Christ. And she said, only one thing to me, make sure you go to church. 
Thank you. Make sure you fellowship. Make sure, make sure that you don't let what's come into your life slip yeah. through your fingers. Now, some people, I know some people have problems with the fact that she was a nun, but I don't. No matter what the environment, there are, there are ways that people can find God, even in the midst of it. It doesn't validate a particular religion, but God is big enough to reach people where they are. The searching heart can find him. And there's no way that particular lady could have known that God was going to use my life unless Jesus himself had spoken to her heart about it. So with me, it's not really an issue about these things. My grandfather was a judge. And because the World War II came along, my father was denied an education. And being denied an education, it was a great, great loss in his life. And I was his firstborn son. So after the war, he started to essentially live his life through me. I was going to be the lawyer in the family. I was going to be the one that fulfilled everything that was denied him because of the economy, because of the circumstance that came into the world at that time. And a pressure was put upon me to succeed. And I was given the sense and the impression in my heart that if I, if I failed to succeed what was, at what was put before me, that my life would be a failure. It would be a waste. And so on one hand, there's this tremendous pressure to succeed. And on the other hand, there's the sense that I'm not going to be able to achieve what's put before me. And at the age of 15, the two met and just simply imploded in my heart. And I began to suffer what is called panic attacks. If you've never had one, let me tell you, it's the nearest thing to hell on earth that you will ever experience in your lifetime. These, these bouts of darkness come upon you as if there's no hope for tomorrow. Your heart begins to pound within your chest and you feel like you're going to die. You get afraid to leave the house. I got to the point where I was afraid to get on a bus. I was afraid to walk into a room with five people lest they should fix their attention on me and a panic attack would happen in my life. Twice I was taken from classrooms, once from a classroom, once from a university dormitory, to the hospital because of the severity of the panic attacks that came into my life. Once the nurse took my blood pressure, dropped the machine on the floor, ran out of the emergency to get a doctor, fearing that I would die of a heart attack on the hospital gurney. So I, I do know what fear is all about. I suffered these attacks from the time I was 15 till the time I was 24 years of age. I went to university, I studied, I got an undergraduate degree. But in order to go to class in university, I had to take so many tranquilizers that I literally lived underwater. I felt like I was in a glass bubble everywhere I walked. I could hardly talk. I'd have so many tranquilizers in. It was a miracle I could even study or get through those university years. I hated life. I hated what was happening to me, and anger began to come into my heart. I hated the injustice of having pressure put upon me with no ability to achieve it. I hated tr trying to become what other people thought my life should be. All I ever wanted to be was a motorcycle mechanic. Do you know that? And yet here I am in university, and I'm studying law and other uh, topics, and I don't want to be there. I don't want to do this. I'm afraid of the public. I don't want to, I don't want to live this way. But yet I did graduate. And after I graduated, I just needed a job because I, was, I, I wanted to go to uh, graduate school. I had no money. And so I ended up joining the police department, not because I ever aspired to be a police officer. I just simply needed the money. I had long hair. I was eating crackers at a bar one day. I walked by this. I was eating crackers because I was hungry. 
I walked by the police department, had a slogan that said, if the hat fits, wear it. I walked in, I applied, they hired me three weeks later. I'm standing in police college with my hair cut and somebody standing there yelling at me about two weeks after that, wondering what in the world have I done? I don't even want to be here. You know, it was, it was, it was the hand of God, ultimately, because I was learning discipline. You have to know discipline to walk with God. There has to be a regard for authority. There has to be something that God begins to work into your life. Teresa and I were married at this point, and our marriage was not going well, not because of her, because of me. I was angry all the time. I drank a lot. I stayed out late. I had a very, very bad temper. And it, because of that, we had a son at this point, our oldest son, who's now a police officer in Canada. And I, I didn't know how to be a father. I didn't want to be a father. I didn't want to be married. I, I didn't like the way I was living. I just started to, I started to feel a hopelessness about everything around me. And in the midst of all of this, I started to get a stirring in my heart to wonder if there is a God. And don't ask me where it came from. I think it just has to be God. He's just simply, the same God that whispered to me when I was a little child is now whispering to me when I'm 24. And I'm walking the beat. And I remember walking the beat in Ottawa, Canada one day, and there's a, a, a church that was open. I don't know what kind of a church it was. I walked in the door, and I sat in the back, and I said, Hey, God, if you are real, I sure wouldn't mind knowing who you are. I said it out loud. You know, I mean, if, if you'd be kind enough, you know, if, if you've chosen to build all this stuff all over the place, could you kindly tell me who you are? And how do we find out who you are, and how do we live for you? Our marriage started to get worse, and it was getting to the point where it was not looking very hopeful, and it came into my heart. I said, we were hanging out with a lot of college kids still, and I said, Teresa, we need to broaden our horizons. We need to travel a little bit. Let's go to Europe. Let's just backpack through Europe. Let's start in Paris. Let's go all the way to Greece or Turkey, and let's just travel all over the place, and let's just broaden our thinking a little bit. And she said, that's a good idea. So I got leave of absence from work. And uh, we got our backpacks, we got our Eurail pass, we got our, our plane tickets. And uh, the only, there was only one real problem in all this. I was so afraid of flying. <laughs> now, Teresa had started to go to church with a couple of friends of hers. That was a, it was a Protestant church on top of everything else, and I didn't have a problem with it. They started going to this church a few months before, and I would be heading out to work. And I kind of lived in a blood and guts world, if you understand the world of, of police work. And I'm heading out the door, and they've got a Bible that's as big as one of the sections of this platform in the living room. And they're opening this thing, and it's got pictures in it, and they're, they're studying the Word of God. But none of them know what they're talking about. Like, they know that even today. They've all got theories about it. It's like trying to describe an elephant, and everybody's eyes are closed. Everybody's got a different piece of the animal trying to describe what God looks like. It's actually rather humorous to listen to some of it. And Teresa had started going, and she said, Carter, why don't we just go to church before we fly to Paris? And the, 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 bus, uh, the, the bus station that was going to take us to the airport was like one block from this church she had been attending. And I didn't really want to go to church. I, I didn't really like church. I, I, I didn't see myself fitting into church. Church was for a certain kind of person, and I just didn't fit into that category of person. And I didn't think they'd like me, and I didn't like them, so why, why bother with the whole exercise? And when I had been young, church to me was just a place where hypocrites gathered and stopped being hypocrites for an hour. And then they, then they left their niceness and just went back to hypocrisy right after they were finished. So what's the point? 
of, of being involved in any of this stuff. But the only reason I went is because I was so afraid of flying. I was so afraid of flying. I thought if the plane crashes in the middle of the ocean, and I'm standing at St. Peter's Gate, as I thought it was, at least I can, and St. Peter should say, why should I let you into heaven? I could at least say, well, I, you know, I was in church, I mean, just, just yesterday. <laughs> So I went to church with Teresa, and I had jeans on, jean jacket, backpack, scruffy-looking, longer hair, hadn't shaved for a little while, and I'm sitting in this church, and it's a fairly affluent church, and I wasn't very affluent-looking, or neither was I very affluent. And we're sitting there, and uh, I didn't have a clue what the pastor was talking about. He's talking about righteousness. The only righteous... I, I had heard of a singing group called the Righteous Brothers one time. You know, you never close your eyes anymore. You know, that kind of, that's, that's the Righteous Brothers. And uh, I had heard of the Righteous Brothers, and he was talking about, and he pointed to where I was in the balcony and talked about the foolishness of being under the law. And I remember thinking, what is his problem with that? I'm a cop. Like, shouldn't people be under the law? What's wrong with this guy? And I didn't understand a word he said, but I was very taken by the, the genuineness of the people. They seemed to be very genuine. And it's not something you just, you felt it in the place. The handshakes were real. The smiles were genuine. Good to see you, and it wasn't a formula. It was very, very, very real. And so they, they passed out a card, and the card, you know, asked for your name and address and all that stuff, and then they had some boxes to check. You know, one of them was, I want a box of offering envelopes. I passed that one by. Another one was, I'd like to know what it is to be a Christian. And I remember thinking, well, I am a Christian. I've always called myself a Christian. My baptismal certificate says I'm a Christian. And, but I'm not a Christian like these people are. I wonder what they think a Christian is. So I checked it, and I put it in the offering basket. That's all I put in the offering basket, I think, as well, that Sunday. And we headed off to Europe. And I got it in my heart that I'm going to find God in Europe. Little did I know I'd be here talking about God in Europe many years later. But I thought I got it in my heart and I'm going to find God. So we landed in Paris and through almost every country in Europe... And we ended up on an island in Greece called Eos. That's a long story. But all through Europe, I, I, we would get off the train in the center of town, and I would get a map, and I would find the churches. So we're going to find God. And so we started every place we went. We went to every synagogue, every church, everything we could find. We'd walk in. I'd look. And some of it was beautiful. Some of it was ornate. Some of it was, was really magnificent. But I'd walk in and just, no, no, no. God's not here. And so finally I got it in my heart that we, we've got to see the Pope. He must know where God is. <laughs> yeah, Teresa just looked and said, it's true. So we got on the, plane, on the train. We headed for Rome. We got off the train in Rome, went down to the Vatican. And then well, it doesn't take long to find out you can't get a personal audience with the Pope. So <laughs> we, we waited out in St. Peter's Square with about... 10,000 other people for the Pope to come out. And finally, I was so excited in my heart. Finally, I'm going to find out where God is. This is an awesome moment. Now, he's way up there. I mean, he's way, way up there. And the door's open, and he comes out to the balcony, and then he says something in Italian. <laughs> now, now, I don't speak Italian. And so there's a tour next to us. And the tour guide happens to be Italian and English. So I said to the tour guide, I said, what did he say? And the tour guide said, they said he said we, meet, we need more churches. And I said, you've got to be kidding, man. We need more churches. 
There's 300, and I started yelling at the guy. I said, there's 365 churches in Rome. You know that there are. 365 churches in this city alone. We don't need more churches. We need to know where God is. And the guy goes, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so we came back to Canada. We came back to Canada. We flew back, and what a disappointment. Didn't find God. And we're at home about a week or two, and the phone rings. The telephone rings, and it's the pastor, the assistant pastor of that church that we had attended. And he thanked God for faithful men and women of the Lord. And he said, I see that you, 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 you checked off, and here you'd like to know what it's to be a Christian. He said, would you like us to send somebody to your house? And I remember thinking, oh, oh, goodness. Uh, you know, I had a vision of, you know, of a little old lady coming to my house with a hat and a flower hanging off it. <laughs> And, you know, they're going to tell me about God. You know, God is nice and God is good. And, and I didn't want to be rude. And I, I thought, well, I did fill the card out. So, okay, come to my house next Wednesday. Hopefully, hopefully I won't be home. And, and the following Wednesday, the doorbell rings. Now, they don't know who I am. They don't know how old I am. They never asked, and I never put it on the card. They had a name, a phone number, and I checked one box. So they don't know anything about me. And the, the doorbell rings. I answer the door. And there's a six-foot-two police officer standing there. Ooh. And he says to me, are you Carter Conlon? And I said, yeah. And he said, I'm from the church, this particular church that you attended, and I've come here uh, because you asked for somebody to talk to you about God. And this guy so blew my image of what a Christian was out of, out of the water. He was a, a, a sharp guy. He was a career guy. He was, he was intelligent. He... He was, he was just a really good guy. And he started to tell me what kind of a person he used to be. And it so intrigued me. He said he had been a drunk and a gambler and a womanizer. And the guy I'm looking at is everything but what he's telling me. And it really intrigued me. But I wasn't willing to take it at face value. And so he kept coming to my house like every Wednesday for, what, two months, I guess, three months? Every Wednesday... I so discouraged them that when I got saved, he didn't believe it. <laughs> I'd offer him a beer, and he'd say, what kind of church do you go to? You can't, you can't have a beer like if everybody, everybody drinks to the church I used to go to, you know, this kind of thing. And I, I, I started to really provoke him in my heart to try to see what this guy's made of. Is it just a program that he's presenting to me, or does he really believe it? Is it true, or is it a formula? Am I just another notch on his belt? Am I just somebody to, to bring into the fold? Or does he actually care about me? And what really, really touched my heart is the fact that this man actually cared about my soul. Kept coming to my house. Kept, kept opening the scriptures to me. And finally provoked me just to read it for myself. And I got into the Gospel of John. And I read the Gospel of John. And when I read it, I saw it. I saw who Jesus was. I saw what he did on the cross. I saw my own condition. I, I saw the fact that he not only died for me, but had the rights to my life, if I am called by his name. And so finally, after bantering and fighting back and forth with the Lord, it was May 12, 1978, at about 3.40 in the afternoon, I was on my way to work. I was in uniform, in my car, driving to the police station. Finally, I'd come to the end of my road. I couldn't fight against God any longer. I pulled over on the side of the road, and I said, Jesus, if what this man, Irv, his name was, has told me is the truth, if this is true, then I open my heart 
And I ask you to come in and be my Lord and my Savior. Now, I didn't feel anything happen. I, I, I put my car in drive. I went and I finished my shifted work. But as God lives, as God lives, the next morning I woke up and I sat on the edge of my bed and I knew I was a different man. If Christ... The Bible says if Christ be any man, in any man or person, they're a new creation. Mm-hmm. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It doesn't happen overnight, guys, so don't get discouraged. It's, it's line by line, little by little, step by step, brick by brick. This new life has begun to be built by the power of God within you. So don't get discouraged when it doesn't happen overnight. Remember last night we talked about the fact that your sins are forgiven. There's... Your, your, frail, your frailties and sins and failings are not, not imputed against you. You're clean and righteous when you come to Jesus Christ, and then he begins to rebuild your life. Now begin to go to church. I knew nothing about God, but I was so zealous for the things of God. I remember a new believers class. The pastor said to me, <laughs> to the class, and he's, he was teaching from the book of Acts, and he said, you know, uh, there used to be something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but after the church the first generation church, it was kind of lost. And I said, no, it's not. My wife took me to a charismatic meeting one time, and I said, those people really do love God, and they were speaking in tongues. And I thought, he's going to be so excited. It's like, I I thought he'd feel like he'd lost his wallet, and I found it on the way home. (laughs) Unfortunately, he wasn't very excited about it. And then they asked him, who can read John 3.16? And I found it first in the Bible I had. And I read it, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And he said, oh, great. He said, what translation are you reading from? And I thought, translation? I don't even know what that is. So I I turned to the front of the Bible. When I graduated from police college, they they gave every police officer a Bible. And in the front of it was a crest, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. So I said, it's the Royal Canadian Mounted Police version. (laughs) He said, I, I didn't know they have one. And I said, yeah, they do. I said, look. Now, the, the guy was very good about it. And so I, I kept on walking with God from there, and, and my life began to change slowly. But I was, I was ashamed of the gospel. It was very hard to make the break from the old friends. And if you've ever been in the military or police service, there's a, there's a huge pressure to conform. There were some, some guys wouldn't work with me anymore. They were afraid because I would tell the truth. I wouldn't beat people. There were just things I wouldn't do. I did everything by the book and I did it honestly and treated people as best as I knew with respect and it, it cost me. It really cost me at one point. But I was ashamed. Now in church I didn't mind. Hello brother, God bless you, praise the Lord. Open the hymn book, sing all of the hymns with a fervency and a passion. But then I remember walking down the street with two of my buddies one time and here comes a real vocal Christian from my church. And I remember thinking, I'm looking for a manhole that I can climb down to listen. (laughs) And one time I walked into a shopping mall and this guy met me and he's a big guy, loved God, and he He put his arms around me. He said, oh, Brother Carter, and lifted me off the ground and just held me there. Now, I'm a cop. I've got a gun and a uniform, and I'm just hanging there. And I remember thinking, why am I not free like that? 
Why am I so bound? Why, why, don't, why don't I have that? I am saved. I know I'm saved, but I, there's, there's got to be more. I, I can't seem to get Jesus out of my mouth. And I remember one day I got so mad, I was driving my car down a particular street, and I, I punched the steering wheel. I was so mad, and I said, Jesus, I'm going to serve you if it kills me. And I went home and I told my wife, I said, I made a, a vow to God today. You're not supposed to make vows, but I made a vow. I said, I'm going to serve you if it kills me. The next day I went into work and another Christian policeman came to me and said, Hey, Carter, we're going down to the, the jail, a such and such a jail, to share about Jesus on Thursday night. He said, Would you like to come with us? Now, there had been a riot there the week before. And they, they had barricaded the doors and burnt mattresses and there had been a real mess. And I said, Bob, if, if, I, if I go, he said, if, if, if there's a riot, I said, we'd never get out of there alive. He said, I know, you in or you out. And I remember, <laughs> I remember that my words came back. And I, I, I thought, God, you didn't have to take me up on it so soon. <laughs> and so we, we headed out that night. We're in full uniform. We're, we're not even going in incognito. You can't even turn your hat around and grab a broom if there's a riot. You're just in full <laughs> uniform. So... We're going, into this, we're going into this prison, and on the way, he said, I want to stop at this halfway house. Now, now that's not, it's, 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 it's a heavy-duty halfway house. Most of the guys in there have committed major crimes. They're out on parole, and it's, they found Christ in prison, or they say they have found Christ, and this is kind of halfway to reintegration into society. And he said, there's a guy there that used to be part of the... You'd, we'd call it in the U.S. the Hells Angels. I don't know if you're familiar with that, a motorcycle gang. It had a different name in Canada, but it's a chapter affiliate of the Hells Angels. Now, I didn't believe these guys could be saved. I said, there's just no way in my heart. There's no way this guy could be a Christian. No way. If, if you knew the initiation rites, they have to go through. The filth, the violence, and I had had a really bad experience with the Hells Angels as a cop. And I said, there's, there's just no way any of these guys could, could be a Christian. But nevertheless, I decided to accompany him because the halfway house was a whole lot better than the prison. And we went to this halfway house, and the director of the halfway house said, would you like to stay, and uh, we're, we're going to have a service tonight. Would you like to stay and, and testify? That's me to testify. And I thought, well, you know, it's the lesser of two evils. I guess it's to stay here or go to the jail. Really, I have to be honest, that's the only reason I stayed there. And the service broke out, and I'd never seen worship like that. I mean, these guys were worshiping. I mean, their hands are in the air. There's tears coming down some of their faces. They're giving glory to God. And I'm just kind of really tight, you know. I, I, I can't really worship like that. And when the service was over, a bunch of these guys gathered around. They said, hey, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? And I said, well, uh, well you know, when I got saved, the Holy Spirit is given to me. And I, I guess. And they said, but are you filled with the Holy Spirit? And I said, uh, would you like us to pray for you? And I said, no, I don't, no. And I'm thinking inside, what's wrong with you, man? You, you've been crying out to God for this kind of freedom. What's holding you back from this kind of freedom? So they said, would you, would you like us to pray for you? You've you got to understand, these are all ex-cons. And I'm a cop. I've got a gun on me, and these are all ex-cons. And they said, would you like us to pray for you? We're going to lay hands on you and pray for you. And uh, finally I said, okay, all right, pray for me. And then two guys went around behind me, and I said, get away from, don't stand there. I said, I don't, I don't like people behind me. 
They said, well, we think we should stand. I said, you don't need to stand behind me. So they said, all right, have it your way. And so I raised my hands and they began to pray and they're all praying in tongues. I didn't know what it was, but it sure sounded good. And they were all praying. And then the next thing I know, I am flat out on a hardwood floor. Now I hit that floor hard, but I didn't feel it. I didn't feel a thing. And I am speaking in another tongue, in another language. The glory of God, it, it's, it's odd because I'm a cop. I'm on duty and I'm on the floor and I'm, I'm speaking in tongues at a whole... How do you explain this? And in my mind, I was thinking, what if the chief finds out about this? I mean, I, I'm in a halfway house laying on the floor speaking in a language I don't know with a bunch of ex-cons gathered around me. And this happened to me through their putting their hands on me. How, they're going to lock me up. I really felt they're going to lock me up if they ever find out about this. But I went home, and, and all the way home, I'm praying in tongues, and I'm thinking as I'm driving home, oh, this can't be real. This didn't happen to me tonight. And so, okay, it's not going to happen. I made it all up. It's not going to happen. And I opened my mouth, and the flood, just a flood of another language came out of me. Joy of Christ is all over me. I came home. Now, we're in a Baptist church. You have to understand. And I came home. I opened the door, and I said, hey, Teresa, listen to this. <laughs> and I started to speak in tongues. And then I ran out and I ran. We had a farm, a sheep farm at that time as a hobby. And I ran out through the fields and I was shouting and dancing and leaping and glorifying God. And my wife was at home saying, my husband has lost his mind. <laughs> she really did. She could tell you. She thought I had gone crazy. And so the following week I said, listen, I got to take you to the place I was. And, and you got to get filled with the Holy Spirit like I would. And, of course, it had to happen the same way. And so we're driving into town, and I have, Teresa, tell, she could tell it better than me. She said it was such a scary moment. She said, my husband's got one hand on the wheel, he's got the other one in the air, and his eyes are closed. <laughs> and he's driving the car, and he's speaking in tongues. Now, I don't recommend that. I don't recommend that. And so finally, I, I'm just so filled with God. I led 21 people to Christ in the first week. Folks, I just couldn't stop speaking about Jesus Christ. Haven't since. Couldn't stop. It's just like a torrent. If any man believes on me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. There's, there's the flowing that's supposed to come from the believer. And it's not us, it's him. What's required of us is to let him be God within us. To let God do what God wants to do. And so we're driving in, and I put my hand over on top of her head. And I said, oh, Jesus, this is flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. God, what you did for me, do for her. And the next thing I know, she's melting down off the seat of the car, underneath the dash. It was amazing what happened that night. Filled with the Holy Spirit when we're, we're on the way to get filled with the Holy Spirit, when she gets filled with the Holy Spirit. It, the, the innocency of those days. I May mean, I encourage those that are older Christians that you never lose the simplicity of Christ. Never lose the joy of that experience of knowing God. Never get stuffy and old and religious and dead. Don't let it come into your life. Paul said to Timothy, stir up that gift that is within you. Whatever you have to do to stir it up. If you have to get out to some permits, you've got to go with a bunch of young Christians out and evangelize on the street again. Whatever you have to do, just do it. Just don't, don't let it grow old. Don't, just like your marriage, don't let your marriage go stale. Go out and buy some flowers. Get some chocolates. Go out to dinner once in a while. Yeah, you, you give, you give. Give me an old elbow there. 
You're, you're looking for a word, you got it, eh? <laughs> Don't feel bad. If I was over there, I would have got it too. This is a physician heal thyself moment in my life right now. It has been miraculous. Then I came home, and the, this would be the last part of really what I want to share, I guess. Felt one of those panic attacks coming again. That hell on earth experience. And then I had been reading the Bible where Paul said that we are forgiven, empowered, and in Christ predetermined, predestined, it says in the King James, to, to be conformed to the image of God's Son. And Paul makes a phenomenal statement. He says, if these things be true, if God be for us, who can be against us? And I was reading that that day when this darkness tried to get a hold of my life again. And I went downstairs into the living room of my house at midnight. And up to that point, years before, it used to be pills and alcohol and exercise. It would be the three things that would be part of my life to control these things. But that night, I knew I didn't have to live that way anymore. And I prayed out loud. I said, Satan, you throw at me everything you've got. And I said, if God lets you kill me, that's because he allows it. And if he does, I'm going to heaven. So it's win-win for me. But I'm not living like this anymore. You throw at me everything you've got, but I throw at you what I now have. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I resist you. And that's all I said. And as God is my witness, a fire of God touched me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, and I was immediately set free Hallelujah. from nine years of hell. That's, that's got to be 35 years ago. I have traveled a good part of the world. I've preached in many, many places. I've preached to large crowds. I've preached in small rooms. The Lord fills our hearts with his love, and the Bible says a perfect love casts out fear. If, if I love you, then I will not be afraid to stand and let God tells you he loves, tell you he loves you tonight. It's been an incredible journey. We have gone through the fire. We have gone through the flood. And literally have gone through the fire. We lost our house one time to fire. We had a young son burnt quite badly in the fire. We've gone through the fire. We've gone through the flood. There have been trials, tribulations, and difficulties along the way. But I can say tonight with honesty that the relationship that God has given us with himself through Jesus Christ has only gotten sweeter as the years go by. We grow in the grace and knowledge of God. We're given faith to believe for the impossible. We've seen God move in the miraculous. I know what God can do. And my life is no more than just a testimony of him. There's no how-to. I can't tell you to take a course or read a book or do anything that will help you in the journey. I can tell you to trust him. And as he opens the door, just go through it. Don't ask questions. Just go through the doors that God opens for you. Go through humbly. He requires humility for Christian growth. Be willing to be bendable and change, to be challenged. Don't see any person as insignificant to God. Every, every person you will encounter in life, Jesus died for that person. There's no such thing as an insignificant person in this world. 
whether they're lying in their vomit or they're a multimillionaire. They're both equally precious to God. Whether they're old and wise or young with no knowledge, God loves them. It's been such a miraculous journey for me. There's so many things I could tell you, so many things that God has done, so many doors we've gone through, so many times opportunities to talk about actual miracles that I have seen. But the greatest miracle of all is the transformed life. Hope, joy, victory, strength. The church is supposed to be a witness of this goodness of God in the world. We're not called to bring just a theory about God, as wonderful as those things might be. We're called to be living witnesses. You shall be living witnesses of me. We're called to be a living testimony of the fact that God is alive, that Christ has risen from the dead. My marriage is stronger than it's ever been. As Teresa and I grow older together, it's amazing how much we now love each other. And she knows, I'm not saying that for the audience. I've said it to her the other night. I mean, she knows this is true. I, I would never stand here and be a fraud. There'd be no point to it. You see, my sons develop such good character. My daughter works with us, and she heads up a medical missions teams that go into various parts for destitute children throughout the world. My son-in-law is in charge of a program that feeds 5,300 kids every day. See the blessing of the Lord all over my home. Everywhere I look, I just see the blessing of God. Now, we've lost two homes, but the blessing is not about physical homes. The blessing is about the people inside those homes. I just see the blessing of God everywhere. I've seen God do the miraculous. My, my parents, my family more or less rejected me. When I didn't do what my father thought I should do or be, he more or less stopped speaking to me civilly. But I prayed for him for 26 years, and God showed me in the word one commandment, honor your father, which is the first commandment with promise that it may go well with you and you may live long on the face of the earth. And so by faith I honored him when it was not easy. And when he would say something sharp and critical and hard, I would answer with kindness as a son who honored his father. And finally, when he got sick, when he got cancer a few years ago, I was the only one he would let touch him, of all the family. He smelled so bad that you couldn't get the smell off your hands after touching him. You could wash them for two days and they would still smell. It was a certain kind of a cancer that, that was just... I would take him out of bed and I would sit him in front of the toilet and I would clean his, his body as it needed to be cleaned. He would watch me with my hands filled with his own excrement on them. I refused to wear a mask because he was my father. I refused to put gloves on my hands. I laid him down in bed and said, Dad, I want to tell you one more time what it means to be a Christian. And it's the first time in his life he listened. I only spoke for three minutes. You never overplayed your hand with this man. He was Irish, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went back to New York, and the Holy Spirit a week later said, Go now and see your father. And so I flew back immediately on a Monday morning, and I, I walked in right into his hospital room. He's sitting beside the door, and I said, Dad, have you been praying? He said, I've been praying all week. I said, are you ready to pray with me now? He said, if you'd like to, I'd like to do that. And so I led him in a sinner's prayer from Genesis to Revelation. I want to make sure this thing is right. I'm a dirty, rotten, filthy sinner. I can't save myself. And he repeated every word. My brother 
who was a drug addict, backed up into the wall in the hospital, slid down the wall crying, went to bed and didn't get up for three days. He was so shocked to hear my father pray those words. He is now a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ as well. I, I led my father to Christ, put him back in bed, and we had the most wonderful conversation that a father and son could ever have. It was the first time he ever told me he loved me. The last words he spoke to me is, when you get to heaven, I'll be there. I was so excited that he had come to Christ. This is about three, four Christmases ago. I walked out of the hospital, ran down the street to my car. You would have thought I lost my mind if you knew me. I was shouting and dancing and crying and clapping. And, you know, all of the Christmas decorations were out. And it was like, God, this is what it's all about. This is what life is about. This is what your power is all about. This is what it's about. It's all about people. It's about souls. It's about believing you for the impossible. It's about miracles that only God can do. I was so excited to go back, and I was going to see him that night. We'd had an hour of, of fellowship. We'd talked about heaven. We'd talked about the forgiveness of sin. We'd talked about how it feels to be born again. And I was going to go back, and when I went back that night, he had slipped into a coma, which he never came out of, and was gone. And when he had his funeral, my sister, who hadn't spoken to me for 20 years, we went to arrange the funeral. I didn't really care what they did. I didn't care if they did a smoke and light show. It didn't matter to me at all. He's in heaven, and I knew it. And my sister told the church authorities and people, my brother will be speaking at my father's funeral. It was amazing. It was, I was stunned. And in a, in a Catholic church, I got to get up and give the sermon. And tell the people, I don't have to think, I don't have to hope, I don't have to wonder. I know my father. And it was my whole family it was there, my aunts and uncles and cousins. I had once prayed, God help me, is there ever a way I can reach these people? They were all there. And I told them about the blood of Jesus Christ, what God had done for my father, how he had received him in the last hour, conscious hour of his life. There's so many stories I could tell you like that. This is a miracle work in God. This is an awesome relationship with God. I hope I live long enough to just go many other places and tell many more people just really what Jesus Christ has done. Very real, very practical, but very supernatural. Not spooky and not stupid, just very normal. Just very, very normal, but very attractive. That's what Jesus was like. Very normal. He would sit at a table and the Pharisees would accuse him of drinking and eating with sinners but very attractive to sinners. That's what the Lord is going to do in Ireland. I would hope tonight that you would be willing to take whatever step God is calling you to take. If you've lost heart, that you'd be willing to believe again for the impossible. You have to start believing for the impossible. That's where your faith will be stretched and encouraged. Start believing again, wherever, wherever you've, you've, you've lost heart. And usually the first place we lose heart is about ourselves. We somehow just don't believe that God could ever use us. But remember I said the first night, to believe that is to deny the, that God is God. He can use me. He can use you. 
He can give us joy again. He can raise us out of the ashes. He can give us his life. He can make us into whatever he chooses to make us into. He's God. You know, we're the only thing in creation that has the power to say no to God. God tells the sun to rise. Does the sun say no? God tells the geese to go south. You don't hear half of them saying no. We've had a committee meeting and decided to do it another way. We're the only thing in God's creation that can say no. Everything just obeys him and moves in divine order. The only one who messes the order is you and me. Humanity. And if we get back to the place of saying, I will not resist God, but whatever God is asking of me, that's what I will do. It starts with forgiveness. It starts with the simple things. Like, you don't preach to millions of people without going through the, the first things first. There's forgiveness. Of, of letting people go any grievance or debt that you think that they owe you. Let it go. Because all, all you're doing... You know, people who don't forgive, I was saying to Jerry uh, today, people who refuse to forgive are, are like a, a robber who at midnight goes out with his bag over his shoulder to steal and in the confusion of darkness robs his own house. <laughs> and and when, when we refuse to forgive, we rob our own house. Yeah. We're not hurting anybody else. We're hurting ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and, and restitution is another thing. Now, I could start telling you, when, after I got saved, the, the Lord called me to go back to a, a former Hells Angel member that I had gotten into a fist fight with outside a local bar and ask his forgiveness. I mean, if I didn't know it was God, I think it was insane mm-hmm. to do that. To, to, to make restitution for things I had done. That's part of the gospel where it's possible to, to make past wrongs right. Now, it's not always possible. If you robbed like 16 banks here tonight, don't feel like you've got to go back and, you know, unless you have the money, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You do the first things first. And if you're part of a local church fellowship, then instead of wanting to stand up and prophesy every second Sunday, how about just being a doorman? How about, doing the car- how about cleaning the carpets after the meeting is over? I used to do that. How about stacking the chairs? How about saying, Pastor, there's anything I can do for you? Do the first things. Be faithful in those things. And it's the Lord who gives the increase. It's the Lord who calls. And I, I could tell you how it all happened, but we don't have time tonight. I think I've, I've exhausted uh, what I need to say. But it's been a miraculous journey. He called me to preach, a man who used to be afraid of people. I simply stepped out in faith. Those first meetings, when they'd be introducing me and I'd be throwing up in the bathroom, I'd be it were even worse than that. I'd be so sick inside, but I would step out by faith. And the moment I'd open my mouth, the anointing of God would come. You just, you just have to do it by faith and trust God. And he works with our frailty. Our Lord Jesus Christ, this, this whole week has been about you. It's been about glorifying you. It's been about understanding that your banner over us is love. Thank you for being kind to our weaknesses. Thank you for not despising us when we fail. Thank you, Lord, that giving us the understanding that you really are glorified when the weakest vessels stand up and talk about you. Would you help us Would you help us, Lord Jesus, where we need you? Would you give us the strength that we need? Would you help us to, to go that extra mile now?
and not draw back. Would you help us to honor you in this generation? Help us to love people. Help us to forgive those that have wronged us. Help us, Jesus, to be kind. Help us, Lord God, in all of these things. Hallelujah, hallelujah, I do love him. And I love the way God uses, and you know now what a preacher make me laugh. Oh, he has captured me, he has captured me. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I have joy. And when a good laugh come about, I can laugh and be happy and understand that God is still moving by his spirit. And so I'm just so thankful today for all that he gives to me. Great and mighty things when I tell you. It's not always materialistic. Great and many spiritual things he has shown me. Oh, it's just wonderful. It's just wonderful to know him. Yeah. And I'm just thankful. I'm going to this request this morning. And uh, when we come back, the studio is open. If anyone has something they would like to say today, please feel free to come in. You might want to talk about the flesh or the spirit or a testimony, or you may have a scripture you want to read, or you may have a prayer request or a poem or whatever it is today. Feel free to press that number one and come in this morning, and uh, I'm so thankful. And this preacher name is Carter uh, Colon, I believe it is. It's it's C-A-R-T-E-R is the first name. And the last name is C-O-N-L-O-N. Yeah. So take a listen to him. He he got much more stuff, you know. And I'll be bringing more here that we can listen to together. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are my hiding place. If I get in trouble, or even his name is a place where I can run in and be saved. I can call on the name of Jesus. Many times we're going through some things and we just, oh, we just going through. But at that time when it first happened, Jesus, that, that's me right there. When it first happened, Jesus, I, you know, I can be going down the street and a car cut right in front of me right quick, so close. If I don't quickly take my foot off the pedal, I, I might kill somebody. As soon as I see it, Jesus, and they escape quickly. Oh, man, they mash on that gas, and they are gone. Yeah, no accident, no nothing. Maybe just tab it up a little, you know, but that's it. If I hit my finger, I hurt myself and say, Jesus. Yeah. And let me tell you, right quick, you see the results. Right quick, right quick. Again, his name is a name where the righteous can run in and be saved. The name of Jesus. We can call him all day long if you want to. You can go in your secret closet and tell him all about it. You ain't got to tell people your business. Uh-uh. The only way I want to tell you is if I'm asking for prayer. I'm not telling nobody because I need a relief. I need to bend. Now, I don't need all that right now. What I need is Jesus. He's the author and finisher of my faith. He started the faith in me. He gave me a measure of faith because he and his father, they are one. So God gave me a measure of faith. And seeking his face <laughs> caused me to grow in my faith because the more I seek him, the more I see him. The more I seek him, the more I see him at work. Hallelujah. Mm. The songwriter said it the best. You don't know like I know what he has done for me. David, let me know you can't tell it. I got to tell it. Because it meant more to me than it ever would to you because I was the one he did it for. God is real if we would make him real in our life. Make his word come alive in us. All we got to do is tell him about it. The scripture says we have not because we ask not. And I know them Bible thumpers and them Bible beaters. I know how they are. And a lot of them are scholars and all of this, but that's as far as it goes because they're not walking in nothing. But being a scholar and proving to people that they know where this is. <laughs> but when you live it, you just quote it because it's real. I... I know it's real. I tried it for myself. <laughs> I'm not telling you what the preacher taught me. I'm not telling you what the Sunday school teacher, what she or he taught me. I'm telling you from experience. From childhood, I can tell you where I went to Sunday school. Church of Christ written in heaven. And I can't think of the name of the church now my mom attended. That's sad, isn't it? Then I grew on up. And I got to visit other churches, Queen Esther, all, all types of churches, the Church of Christ, AME, CME, huh? All type of churches, I, the Muslim mosque, I, I, I went to all kinds of places. But I found this out. 
out of everything and everybody and anything and anybody. Jesus Christ <laughs> is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the Savior of the world. He's the Son of the true and living God. I found that out. And when I received him as my Lord and Savior, and I truly gave my life to him, it was him that come in and began to teach. I couldn't go off what mama said and daddy said and what the preacher said in this church I had to I may have liked this church over here, but I couldn't just go off what I had to have it for myself. I needed him for me. I couldn't have people tricking me and bamboozling me and swindling me and telling me this God when it wasn't. I, I, I couldn't take that. I trust my parents, both of them, because I knew they loved me beyond a shadow of a doubt. But I, when it came to God, I just had to have him for myself. I believe what they told me. I trusted, but I just had to seek him for me. And when I did this, I found out there was enough of him to go around. They had their personal, each one of them had their personal relationship with him, and I had my own. The songwriter said, I don't know why Jesus loved me. Hey, I feel the spirit of the Lord moving for you this morning. I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad. I'm so glad he did. Oh, he made me the best offer. My goodness. I can't even really explain to you what a great, excellent offer it was he made to me. I, I just couldn't. I didn't even know that I couldn't. I, I didn't even know about it, but I knew I just couldn't refuse it. I, I didn't even know how good it would be. I didn't even know if it would be good, but I knew that offer right there on the table at that time. I could not refuse it, Lord. I said, yes. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. And I couldn't turn the yes to lose. I, I, I couldn't. The only way I knew to find out about him was to through prayer and, and, and the word, but I, I, I wasn't at the time understanding the word because I hadn't fully, I, I was converted at that moment, but I hadn't received him yet in the fullness, I want to say. I hadn't really, I had to go, I, I want to say, through some stages of things. And after he come in, look at here, I knew I was on the right track from then on. The gifts started pouring in, and I didn't understand all of that, but I knew to do it. I often shared this as later was coming. The very first time I really, really knew how he operates. This lady was coming down the street. I was in Birmingham, Alabama. And I thought I was going to the store at a legal pad, because I was doing a lot of writing during this time. And it was this older lady coming. And when I got almost to the lady, he said, tell her her check is in the mail. Tell her she was waiting on a letter, but the letter won't come. She'll get the check first. Now, I, I, I'm battling with him in a way because I'm, I'm like, Lord, no, I, I, I can't do that, Lord. I said, because 
If I tell that lady that, she's going to think I'm crazy. I, 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 I don't think I can do it. When I got right to that woman, my feet literally stopped. And I can't tell you the day that I stopped because I was going to bypass her and go on. Stop, my right hand went out. Her right hand, I think it was, went into my right hand or her left hand. But I think it was her right. And I was holding her hand and I said, ma'am, I said, you may not understand this and I don't either. I said, but God told me to tell you the check is in the mail. He said that you were looking for a letter, but the check going to come first. She went to yelling and screaming and hollering and jumping up and down. I'm looking around. I'm Florida. I'm in Alabama. I said, oh, they're going to think I'm mugging this woman. They're going to think I'm robbing her. So I'm looking around. Nobody. I hear no children, no sound, no nothing. And when she got through praising him, she said, God bless you, baby. She said, and keep doing what you're doing here. And she went on up the street singing. And I started towards the store, and I walked down a little bit, and I said, what was I going at? You see that? God is faithful. He's able. But we got to give it to him. We got to believe that there is nothing too hard for him to do. Abraham got the evidence. Abraham got the evidence. <clears throat> Is that anything too hard for God? Because I want us to come up in faith and believe God for what you want, believe him for what you need. Or oh, it, it, it's some bad times right now, food, all kind of stuff going on now. But listen, he's still in control. And if you received him, he's still in charge of your life. He say who leaves and who get to stay. He's the one that say who have stock and who don't have, who have food, who don't. <laughs> He's got it all in control. Then he gave us power, love, and a sound mind. I don't have no food. I lay my hand on my pantry and ask God to supply. I believe. I believe it. Yeah. If he made the heavens and the earth, he can't put food on the shelf. Somebody got to bring it. No, he can just bring it. He can, he can supply. I can look out in the backyard and that greens growing and cabbage growing. Huh? He's that kind of God. Call me crazy. If he can hang the moon in the sky at night, there's nothing too hard he can't do. There's nothing he can't do. I'm grateful unto him this morning. Appreciate him, love him, hallelujah. Thankful, grateful, all of that. Yeah, I love talking about him, too. All right, Sister Jerry, I'm coming at you right now. God bless you this morning. How are you? Good morning, Sister Barbara. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing? I am blessed. Yes. I appreciate the uh, pastor this morning. You know he reminded me so much of me. Hmm. When Ms. Smith would sit to that table and say, Lord, take this bitter cup from me, I would look over at her and say, first of all, she don't have a cup. Now she's saying the Lord to take it from her. Oh, I'm living, I'm in a room with a crazy woman. And then I, I was so bad till I got through. They say, uh, Barbara, escort Jerry to the principal. That was a daily basis thing. 
So my mama said, you know what's wrong with you? I said, no, ma'am. She said, you're just crazy. The more I beat you, the worse you get. You are just crazy. And she shook me and shook me. I'm not crazy. She was the one talking about take the bitter cup, and she didn't even have no cup, not even coffee. She just fast and flip. I didn't get a beat in that day. She said, well, you don't understand, so I, I let this one go. Okay, Mommy. Next day, Miss Smith, she reading us the Bible about Shadrach, Meshach. I remember these things because it left an impact on me, but I was like, they walking in fire. So I went home and started striking matches. Mm-mm. My mama said, what is she doing? Shadrach, Meshach, and that, that, that goat. I couldn't even remember the goat. And the goat walked in the fire. I'm going to set the fire in here and see if I can walk through it. Ooh. Oh, I got the worst whooping of my life to this day. I'm scared to touch a match. Okay. <laughs> so I can relate to this, Pastor. It took a lot of things for me to go through. But when I backed that car up over 100 miles an hour, when I called on Jesus, he came quickly. The other day, the hole busted in my wall. I didn't say, God, I need a man. I said, oh, God, send me a handyman. He sent me one in less than 24 hours. So... I'm not just saying I love Jesus because he always gives me something. I love Jesus because I was so sick one day. I had double pneumonia. Could not breathe. Was in the hospital for 30 days. So sick. Running 103 and 102 fever. So sick. But I closed my eyes one night and I said, Jesus, oh, Jesus, save me. But because I called on you, Lord, please save me at the right hand of the Father. Remember me, Lord, please. After praying that prayer, the doctor came in the next morning and he said, Miss Crowd, your fever down. I was so delirious, I didn't even know where I was at. I said, my fever down? He says, yes. We thought we was going to lose you, but you're okay. I said, thank you. He said, you were talking out your head and screaming? Because I was talking out my head, I said, God, release all these demons in me. And so God started to do those things. God has brought me through too much for me to turn around and not to tell him thank you every morning, every night. Before I go to sleep, I say, Lord, if I don't wake up in the morning, please remember me. Because, see, I don't want to die and not tell God thank you for this day. 
because he didn't have to do it. And so I just wanted to tell you, thank you, Barbara, for the sermon today, because that man was talking to me, you know it, daily basis outside the classroom. <laughs> Sometimes they didn't even want to call my mama. They just sit me out the door, put me in the chair, sit outside. Mm-hmm. And Miss Smith would say, uh, Jerry? Yes, ma'am. I was always polite. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you want me to get the erasers and, and, and clean them? She says, no, I am going to be praying today. <laughs> and whatever comments you have, keep them to yourself. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. She mm-hmm. says, do you really hear me? Oh, yes, ma'am, Miss Smith. Yes, ma'am. Did I hear? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. She started talking about Moses going to the mountain, striking the rock. I raised my hand. She was like, oh, God. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I said, he's, why big was the rock? And why did he get in trouble? And do we have any rocks around here? Because I really need to strike one because I need a miracle too. <laughs> that day I didn't get away with it. I had to go to the office. <laughs> Barbara, take her to the office. Mm-hmm. The little candy girls just dangling everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mommy dressed her up so nice. Mm-hmm. Starched and ironed her clothes, and her ribbons, and put on those ponytails, and they shaking mm-hmm. everywhere. Cute little thing, but bad as hell. Get out. Mm-hmm. Miss said to me that day, she said, what happened today, Jerry? I can explain. She said, please do. <sighs> Miss Smith be the one that, that's always telling lies. What? She's telling lies. I got in trouble for striking the mat trying to set a fire to try to walk through it. And my mama beat my behind. And then now she's telling us about strike the rock. God says speak to the rock. Now she's striking the rock. I just asked her one thing. Could I get the rock and speak to it so I could get Jesus too? Because I need Jesus. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And if I speak to the Jesus will come in the classroom, right? Mm. She said, I tell you what, you just sit through this here. I'm not going to call your mama for this for the day. Because you struck matches and tried to set the house on fire. Maybe what Miss Smith is talking to you about is too much. No, I like it. But I want to do what the people are doing in the Bible so I can get what the people got out of the Bible. What's the problem? So you're just overthinking this theory. You're just really overthinking it. So the next class I'm going to is Miss Pinkney class. I didn't see her spanking me with that the, the, the little the little thing that tire rod or whatever she's beating me with. My legs be red as fire. Good morning, Miss Pinkney. Yeah, but all look at me and go, Oh my God. 
She said, Gary, how about you sitting in front of the class today? I want to sit in the front of the class because I want to learn today. She said, no, I, I want you to sit in the front of the class next to me. Because I have cooned you and cooned you, and you come up with more stuff every day. What do you do? Go home and think about yourself. You told us to go home and remember what you talked about. How can I not think about it? If How am I going to remember it if I don't think about it? I'm just getting so confused in this classroom. She said, we will put you in ESC, but you're too smart for that. What is the ESC? Is that some type of educational communication service or something? She said, no, just sit here. And I'm going to talk to the class. Don't pay attention to what I'm talking about, okay? I can do that. Can I go in the playground? Oh, Lord. And so when she said, oh, Lord, I said, oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) So I relate to this pastor today. Terrible, terrible, terrible. But I looked at some of my old pictures when I was young, and I said, Lord, why was I so bad? He said, you was confused. So I thank God. But where he brought me from, what he brought me to, and where he's taking me to today. Amen, Sister Barbara. Amen. Amen, Sister Jerry. Y'all forgive me for laughing here. Because, look, I'm seeing it in my mind like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Every day. Every day. Oh, my goodness. They had to come get her. My goodness. If somebody had to take her. Mama had to come out. You were the one taking me every day. Well, I don't you be getting all that part. I'm just me. saying, something had to be done for every day. But see, mm-hmm. God knew what he was doing, too, and he knew eventually you was going to believe, Jerry. And what Miss Smith didn't have, the patience. And, and see, she kind of knew you was being smart, too, a smarty pants. She kind of knew that, too, and so she just didn't really take the time that uh, she could not take it, and she just believed we all knew about God. We all knew about him, and we all had gone to Sunday school or whatever, and she kind of felt like, well, Jerry, Geraldine, you just being a little smart in pants, and I'm not going to tolerate it, and Miss Spencer, she was the lady that said, I'll croon you right now, not crown you, but croon you. And she was the one with that fan belt. Yeah, that, that, that spanked them behind with that fan belt. Yeah, Miss Spencer. Oh, we them with the days, Jim. That's a long time ago. But I thank God for bringing us through. And thank God that yes, we Lord. know today. Yeah, and we know better today. We understand about passing Jesus, passing the cup. We understand about Moses and, and, and striking the rock and not speaking to it. And we thank God that we got an opportunity to learn, yeah, to learn of him. And so we're grateful uh, this morning unto him. Listen, I have this one request. I am going to it right now and play this one request. When we come back, the studio is still open. 
If anyone has something they would like to say, please feel free to press that number one and come in this morning. God bless you. God bless you.
not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the Morning Radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Apostle Pinkney. And you fight on. Keep your sword in your hand and you fight on. Yeah, we wake up and we put the whole arm of God on so we can stand against the wiles of the devil. Hallelujah. Yeah, I remember them days, Brother Louis, the boys, they used to get that big paddle. Yeah. And uh, most times the coach uh, used to paddle the boys. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. We, they did the same thing at our school. And uh, the girls, the teacher, she could uh, spank them. Yeah. And uh, most times you hold your hand out and they give you what they're going to give you. But for me, it was mainly, if I had to get it, it was for shame's sake. But it was a rare occasion for me because Prince Pittman didn't play that right there. No, no, no. Okay, bro, Anthony, where you went? Press that one again and I'll bring you right in. Okay, I don't know if you got busy. I'm up. Okay, where you went? All right, right there. Good morning, Brother Anthony. God bless you. How are you? I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Good morning, Miss Barbara. Good morning to everybody listening this morning. Let's thank God for waking me up. Thank him for life, heaven, strength, keeping my right mind. Thank him for allowing me to see another day never seen before. I thank him for the activity in my limbs, and I thank him for who he is to me, what he's doing in me, where he brought me from, where he's taking me. And just thank God for this ministry. And for you, Miss Barbara, as well, you know, sacrificing your time or being obedient and uh, coming on every morning. The old broadcast is show, and uh, I ain't get the, uh, I kind of got on late because I'm kind of doing a little errands here this morning. And I actually I hit the button by mistake, but I still, nevertheless, I'm going to say good morning to everybody. So uh, just good morning. and uh, Good morning to you, Sister Jerry. With those good stories. <laughs> so I took about there. I mean, took it on the way going to my grandma's house. So I'm out here now trying to get ready to take it, go to do some errands for it right now. So okay. God bless everybody. And y'all keep me in y'all prayers. And I keep y'all in mind. And y'all have a best day. Thank you. Yes, sir. God bless you too, but After that, we were talking about you last night. And when the Spirit of the Lord take over you. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, this one person was telling me, I can feel the presence. I said, me too. That's why I keep egging him on. Oh, yeah, come on, come on. Praise him, praise him. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> we know that it's real. And so we thank mm-hmm. God for, for his, his spirit and, you know, him blessing us. Because when we praise him, the blessings of God come down upon us. And so I'm so grateful for that. Brother Lewis said, good morning, Brother Anthony. Good morning, Brother Lewis. Yes, sir. <laughs> he, he hanging in there over there. He hanging in there. I ain't talking about no food, so, you know, he's not quite as excited as when we got about school stuff. But when, I've been to that groceries now. He'll get real hype right quick, right quick. But uh, we thank God again this morning, and we're just happy. We're just happy to see another Wednesday morning. And I uh, thank God we're almost through this week, and we're coming up on the weekend. Yeah. And I love that weekend. I get to do some things. Some weekends I get to just, you know, chill, but most times I have stuff to do. And I'm praying that I'm able to go up to the prison this weekend and everything. And uh, it's all right. I got some problems with uh, JP again. And I talked to them, and we're going to work it out. We're going to work it out. But 
I uh, I messed up over there because I'm doing too many things. But I said, you know, I am slowing myself down. I'm not going to uh, be on the Internet doing something else on Facebook when I'm trying to do something with uh, JPay because that's how I email the inmates. And they email me. You know, we email back and forth through JPay. And uh, if I do something over there with money and mess it up, then they, they put me on restrictions. So I got to pay the money and come off restrictions. But nonetheless, God is faithful. He knows the very intent of my heart. He's going to work it out, and it's going to work together for my good and for the good of the what they call the inmate in there. So it's all right today. Y'all pray for me and um, keep me lifted up. And it's, it's already all right in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Is there anyone else? Well, it's close to, oh, it's after 9. I know it's close to 10 because, you know, that phone got to ring every morning this time. Okay. All right. So what we'll do is um, we'll pray and go to our last song of the morning. Well, well, I tell you what, let me do a quick roll call because I see some people. Let me do a quick roll call because I don't do it as often as I used to. And I want to get back to the roll call as well when I have, you know, time. Good morning, Pastor David. God bless you this morning. God bless you. Talk to your wife yesterday. Good news. Good news. Oh, that's good news. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Nobody but you, Lord. Oh, we thank you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning to you, Sister Dr. Goodman. <clears throat> and good morning to you, Sister Mira Ann and Sister Samoa. God bless you this morning. And uh, good morning to you, my God, baby, Sister Laura and uh, Sister Melody Rose. God, Melody, I heard from you in a minute. God bless you. God bless you. And uh, good morning to you, Sister Andrea Spinner. And Sister Rita and Sister Sion, she had to leave early today. But uh, God bless you, and God bless you, Sister Angela Foote. And good morning to you. And God bless you, Sister Anna Lee Foote. And good morning to you, Sister Sylvia Joe Jones. God bless you, and good morning. Sister Sharon Slayton, good morning, and God bless you. And uh, good morning to you, Brother Casper Hamilton. God bless you. God bless you. And uh, good morning to you. I'm trying to make sure I don't leave nobody out today. I'll be on Apostle Claudia Boatwright. Good morning to you, you Wait, say that again. Okay, I think he's talking to Grandma. I'm going to mute your mic, Brother Anthony. Did I mute it? I think I muted it. Nope, right here. Okay. I'm trying to see what I see here, y'all. And good morning to you, Sister Lisa, Brother Louis, Brother Jermaine, Brother D, Brother Anthony again, Brother George West Perry. God bless you, sir. I ain't heard from you in a minute. I might have to give you a call over there and check on you. And uh, Brother Lee Hamilton, Brother Justin Gilmore, Brother Cal, God bless you. God bless you this morning. Uh, uh, Brother Frank, Brother uh, Marquez Griffin. I called Brother Frank the other day, but I didn't get an answer, so I'm going to call him back and check on him um, real soon and make sure everything is going well with him. I don't think I left nobody out. I hope I didn't. 
If I did, y'all forgive me, forgive me. God bless you this morning, those that come through the archives and the podcast. I thank God for you, and uh, God bless you. God bless you, those from the prayer club. God bless you this morning, Sister Dorothy Goodman. I post a word over there every day, and uh, I am working on uh, going over there praying more because it's the prayer club, and I'd like to have uh, more prayer flowing, but I think people come in for prayer, and so uh, I want to get to pray over there. Look, if y'all can remember to pray, I need you to pray over there. Did I say good morning to you, Sister Rita? God bless you. God bless you. So look, uh, pray for the prayer club, if you would, and the prayer request club. Yeah, because people bring uh, their prayers, and and we want to, you know, be able to pray with them and pray for them so y'all keep us lifted up. And I would thank God keeps us the dot lifted up in prayer. And uh, God bless you. So listen, if no one else have <clears throat> excuse me, anything they would like to say, I will pray us out this morning. And we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. But I should say this. I may be gone until, no, not Friday. It would have to be Monday. I may not be back until Monday. So if you don't see a show put in or you come and you just hear music, 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 that means I'm not doing the show tomorrow and Friday. But if I can, I will be here. Yeah, if at all possible, I'll be here tomorrow and Friday praying about it, praying about it. All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you. Thank you for all that has been said and done. Father, we thank you for your word today, for your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And forever, oh God, that word is settled in heaven. Thank you for Romans chapter 8. We thank you for all 66 books. But Father, today we thank you for Romans chapter 8. And Lord, help us to walk in your spirit that we don't fulfill the lust of our flesh. Move upon us today, oh God. Give us a heart and a mind to obey a heart and a mind to want to seek your face the more. Humble ourselves. Seek your face. Pray. Turn from our wicked ways. Father, we know you're here from heaven. Forgive our sins and hear the land. Move by your spirit this morning for the sake of your people. Father, those that stand in the need of a place to live, a, a job. Some people seeking a better paying job. They like to do more for their children, more for their families. Moved by your spirit this morning. And Father, those that stand in the need of money today, because money answers all things. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Father, it's not money. So move today by your spirit for your people in the name of Jesus. Touch and heal this morning those that are sick, those that have gotten some rough diagnosis from the doctor. Father, we look to you for you're the God that healeth thee. You sent your word and it healed. So, Lord, send your word to your people today, your word that heals in the name of Jesus. You heal all manner of sickness and disease, and we trust you this morning. We thank you. We thank you. We can't tell you thank you enough. Father, bless every caller and every listener, every family member and every friend, near and far this day, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. And as we depart this morning, Father, bless our going out. Bless our coming in. Again, meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. 
We ask it all this morning in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon each of us today in Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye. Have a blessed day. We're going to our last song of the morning. And after this one, I won't be coming back today.
when there's a praise in the temple, there's a praise in the house. It's service time. Open with a praise on your mind. It's service. <clears throat> Get up out of that seat. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.